بسم الله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد قال عبد الغني رحم العلامة عبد الغني المقدسي رحم الله تعالى في عمدة الأحكام العلامة رحم الله قال عن عائشة رضي عن عائشة وأم سلمة رضي الله عنهما أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال أو أن النبي أن الرسول صلى الله عليه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يدركه الفجر كان يدركه الفجر وهو جنب من أهله ثم يغتسل ويصوم ثم يغتسل ويصوم In this fifth hadith in Umdat al-Ahkam This narration is on Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha and Umm Salama radiyallahu ta'ala anha two uh, of the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Aisha radiyallahu anha wa Umm Salama they both narrated this hadith on the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that we're going to study in today's class. And Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha, as we know, is bint Abi Bakr al-Siddiq, Umm al-Mu'mineen. Umm al-Mu'mineen tazawaja al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Aisha fi Makkah ba'da mawti Khadija. Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he married Aisha in Mecca after the death of Khadija radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma wa qabla zawajihi bi sawda radiyallahu anha and, and uh, before he married sawda so Aisha radiyallahu anha was the wife of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallama he married her after Khadija and he married her before sawda She's from the ulama of the sunnah, the ulama of the deen, Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha. 
she has many virtues in that the messenger وسلم, he died in her house he died when it was her day and he وسلم, he died while whilst being with her and Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qal ma ashkala alayna amrun fasa'alna Aisha anhu illa wajadna indaha fihi ilma wa ma tuwufiyat hatta nashrat fil ummah ilman kathira hatta qila inna rubu al-ahkamu shari'iyya manqulun anha he said Abi Musa al-Ash'ari radiyallahu anhu that if there, were, there wasn't an affair that was problematic there was not an affair that was problematic as it relates to the deen except that Aisha, when we asked Aisha regarding it she had knowledge regarding that affair there wasn't a problem, an issue pertaining to the deen, ilman except that Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala she had knowledge pertaining to that affair and she didn't die until she spread to this ummah a lot of knowledge as from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Aisha So much so that he said that a quarter of the rulings, jurisprudence, ahkam is narrated from Aisha And she was a muhaditha. She was from the the Mukthirin Ani Rasulillahi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Riwayatan And she was one of those Sahabi The companions from the Sahaba that narrated plentifully And uh, from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam She narrated uh, approximately 2,210 narrations She narrated approximately 2,210 narrations from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and she died in Medina radiyallahu anha she died in Medina in Ramadan she died in the month of Ramadan in Medina in the year 58 in the year 58 she is one of the narrators in this hadith that we're going to translate inshallah in a minute and the second narrator on this hadith so his two companions narrating this hadith is Umm Salama is Umm Salama the wife of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam Umm Salama, her name was Hind. Her kunya was Umm Salama. Her name was Hind, bint Abi Umayyah. Her name was Hind, bint Abi Umayyah. Umm Salama, radiyallahu ta'ala anha. And she was known as Aqila, somebody who had sense and was wise. Radiyallahu ta'ala anha. And she married her cousin Abu Salama, radiyallahu ta'ala anha. He, and he died when they uh, they migrated to Habasha and she he died and she was sad because she loved him deeply and then she followed in her days of uh, sadness from the death of her husband first husband uh, Abi Salama she followed the hadith of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where he said, Ma min abdin tusibahu musibatun fayakul inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un Allahumma ajirni fi musibati wa khlifli khayran minha illa ajarhu Allahu fi musibatihi wa akhlafa lahu khayran minha 
in the hadith of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where he said there isn't a slave of Allah who is afflicted with an affliction and he says to Allah inna we are for Allah and to him is our return and he says oh Allah give me reward for my my affliction I need the patience of my affliction and give me something better than that which I have lost give me something better than that which I lost the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said that a slave does not say this supplication except that Allah will give him the reward for their patience in their musibah in their affliction and he will give them that which is better than their loss and I and, and Umm Salama made this supplication she made this dua and Allah answered her dua and she married better than Abi Salama radiyallahu ta'ala anhu she married Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam she married the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she was from those who uh, also died in Medina she also died in Medina like Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha and uh, she died in the year 62 she died in the year 62 and Umm Salama this illustrious companion of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ummul Mu'mineen she was the last of the wives of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to die she was the last of the wives of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to die Naam those are the two narrations so and I a narrator so and Aisha wa Umm Salama radiyallahu ta'anhuma upon Aisha and Umm Salama they said that the Messenger وسلم, that Fajr would he would reach Fajr and he would be in a state of Junub after having uh, 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 relations with his family. After having relations with his family, Fajr will come. Yani when whilst he has not done Ghusl, whilst he has not done Ghusl, Fajr has come. Yani in the month of Ramadan, in the month of Ramadan and then after the Adhan of Fajr to, to mark the beginning of the Siyam fasting he would Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam do Ghusl and then continue fasting he would do his Ghusl and then he would continue and he would fast and he would fast this is the hadith, first hadith, Ya Ikhwati Kiram, wa Akhawat, that we're going to do today. So, point number one that we're going to mention regarding this hadith is the Mawdu'ul hadith, the main topic of this hadith. Or, or, or you can write the title of this hadith and the main point of this hadith, issue of this hadith, the mas'ala, the main issue. Of this hadith is hukmu sawmu man asbaha junuban. Hukmu sawmi man asbaha junuban. And that is the ruling of the one who, or the ruling of the, fa the fast of the one who wakes up in a state of junub, and after having sexual impurities, has not done ghusl, but he wakes up and he's in that state. What is the ruling of their fast? What is the ruling of their fast? This is the main uh, title. Uh, that we can uh, uh, mention uh, regarding this hadith regarding this hadith point number two 
and that is the ruling of this hadith of this uh, state of impurity an individual who wakes up fajr after having relations with their family in a state of impurities or having uh, 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 a wet dream uh, in in uh, and they wake up in that state and the fajr salah has uh, the adhan of fajr has come what is the ruling regarding this the jumhur of the ulama ala sihati sawmi man asbaha junaban and that is that the majority of the uh, of the scholars are upon that the fast is valid that's the fast is valid huh? because of this hadith because of this narration of the Messenger وسلم, from Aisha and Ummi Salama His fast is valid, he can continue fasting even if he's in the state of Junab after the Adhan of Fajr. And that's regarding this hadith. And also the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al Baqarah, verse number 187. And that is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he said in Surah Baqarah that the night of Ramadan, it is the yani night of Siyam, Ramadan, or Siyam, or that there is a fast. It is permissible for you to, in the night, have relations with your family. Have relations with your family. So in this here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the rukhsa and made it permissible for one to have sexual relations with their families uh, uh, in the nights of Ramadan and this the ulama said necessitates that he will uh, more than likely wake up in the state of Junub so after this ruksa and this uh, uh, leeway by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of having relations uh, at the night of Ramadan it necessitates that that is more than likely rather that they will wake up in that state so therefore their fast has to be uh, their fast has to be uh, valid point number uh, two is that there is a narration on Abi Huraira Abu Huraira the illustrious companion of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was of the opinion that <coughs> if the individual wakes up in Junub his fast is invalid if the individual wakes up in Junub in this state where he needs to do ghusl and he hasn't done ghusl before the Adhan of Fajr then if he wakes up in that state after Fajr then his uh, fast is not valid and this is an opinion of from opinion that Abu Huraira he held and where's this mention? it's mentioned in An-Nasai in his compilation from the hadith of Abdullah ibn Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma that this tab this uh, tabi'i ihtalama laylan fi ramadan this tabi'i had uh, 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 a wet dream at in the night of uh, uh, ramadan fastayqada qabla an yattali al-fajr thumma nam qabla an yaghtasab then he woke up before uh, the dawn fajr came thumma nam and then he fell asleep qabla an yaghtasab he fell asleep before he done ghusl. فَلَمْ يَسْتَيْقِذْ حَتَّى أَصْبَحَ So he, he, um, he didn't uh, wake up until Fajr had come. Until Fajr had come. فَلَقَيْتُ He said, فَلَقَيْتُ أَبَا هُوَارَ He said, then I meant Abu Huraira. 
when I woke up in the morning and I sought fistaftaytuhu, then I sought fatwa, a ruling from him. Then he said, uh, break your fast, and your fast is broken. He said that for verily the Messenger وسلم, he used to command with breaking one's fast if the, if the individual he woke up in a state of junub. So thereafter, Abdullah ibn Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab. Yani Abdullah ibn Abdullah ibn Umar. Yani the son of Abdullah ibn Umar, he went to Abdullah ibn Umar and mentioned the fatwa from Abi Huwarata radiyallahu anhu. Then Ibn Umar, Ibn Umar he said to him, Uqsimu alayk. And in another narration he said, Uqsimu billah. I swear, he said, and in another narration, I swear by Allah, in And if you were to break your fast, I will give you a, a, a beating. And he, for opposing the sunnah of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Naam. So, in this narration, it shows that Abu Hurairah radiyallahu an was upon the opinion that he broke the fast of the individual cup in the state of Junab. But Ibn Abdibar in Tamheed, Ibn Abdibar in Tamheed, he mentioned that this was a fatwa mentioned made by Abu Huraira radiyallahu ta'anhu. It was an early fatwa based upon the narration of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi previously which he mentioned. But the narration of Aisha the narration of Aisha radiyallahu anha and Umm Salama came after. So therefore, he, Abu Huwaira's final opinion was that the, the, the command that the individual who wakes up in a state of Junub, that he breaks his fast, that his fast is not valid, that is abrogated. As it was in the beginning of Al-Islam, it was in the beginning of Al-Islam. It is abrogated by the latter, later narration by Aisha and Umm Salama radiyallahu anhuma that the messenger woke up in that state and he continued his fast after making ghusl so therefore this hadith is this hadith of Aisha radiyallahu anha and Umm Salama radiyallahu anha abrogates the narration that Abi Huraira heard from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Abi Huraira changed his opinion. And therefore the final opinion of Abi Huraira was the opinion of other than him from the Sahaba Radiyallahu Anhum <coughs> that it doesn't that individual who wakes up in the state of Junab uh, after relations without making Ghosul, he wakes up and the Adhan of Fajr has come and started and he's still in the state of Junab he can continue his fast. Abu Huraira was finally upon this opinion. And this shows us the humility of the Sahaba, عنه, that when they find the haqq and the hadith of the Messenger, وسلم, they drop their opinion and follow the sunnah of, of Rasulullah. Point number three is that the Messenger, he woke up Junub 
he woke up in that state from having relations from his family from having relations from his family and not a wet dream and that is based in the hadith of uh, that is narration that's narrated in Sahih Muslim the hadith which is narrated in Sahih Muslim uh, Naam uh, in Kitab al-Siyam and this is specifically a narration by Um Salama which is in Sahih Muslim and that is that she mentioned that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was Junub min jima'in ghayri ihtilam min jima'in and that he sallallahu alayhi wasallam was in that state due to having relations with his family not from having a wet dream and this uh, is uh, based upon this uh, ulama have mentioned also that it is not befitting that one attributes that to the messenger sallallahu alayhi that he had a wet dream because having a wet dream is from shaitan having a wet dream is from shaitan as is mentioned in the hadith of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Abi Qatada radiyallahu anhu which is in Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said a ru'yatu min Allah wal hilmu min ash-shaytan a ru'yatu min Allah wal hilmu min ash-shaytan and that is that a dream and a good dream is from Allah and Al-Hilm a bad dream Hilm is from Shaitan and Al-Hilm comes is the Al-Ihtilam comes from Al-Hilm Ihtilam comes from the same form and word family as Hilm yani the bad dream and it is from Shaitan Al-Hilm mina Shaitan and that incorporates the wet dream it is from Shaitan so it is not befitting to say and it is not possible that this is from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or this happened to the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for verily it's to other than him the wet dream occurs so therefore in this hadith it's strictly that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was in that state Barakallahu Fikum due to him having relations with his family due to him having relations with his family Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Naam لأنه معصوم cannot be احتلام cannot be from the wet dream صلى الله عليه وسلم نعم and likewise here إخوتي الكرام in this hadith it shows point number four <coughs> that جنوب is mentioned generally in this hadith نعم that the wet dream is not applied to the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم but it's applied to other than him so therefore the individual who wakes up having a, a wet dream and so forth that this individual uh, uh, after the Adhan of Fajr he hasn't done Ghusl then his Siyam is okay and he can continue fasting that he can continue fasting Naam what we can take Barakallahu Fikum finally point number five is some general benefits from this hadith it's some general benefits from this hadith and we're going to mention these benefits in point form after mentioning the rulings in the previous points. This is more specifically to do with benefits generally from this hadith. And in this, number one is the, the, the fasting of the individual who wakes up Junub after the Adhan of Fajr. His fasting is valid. His fasting is valid. Point number two. Point number two. أنه لا تجب المبادرة بالغسل من الجنابة 
and that is this point number two is, is a, a nice benefit from this hadith and that is that it is not obligatory to do ghusl straight away after having uh, uh, relations with one's family it is not obligatory to do this straight away as the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam waited as the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam waited and he done ghusl after the adhan of fajr so it is not uh, obligatory to do ghusl straight away benefit number 3 and that is the importance of going back to knowledge of the person who has more ability to encompass to have more information regarding this affair to go back as it relates to knowledge to the individual who has more ability of having knowledge of this affair and that is by going back to Aisha anha and Umm Salama as they were the wives of the Messenger وسلم, and in this affair here of uh, 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 waking up in that state of impurities they have more knowledge of that affair with the Messenger وسلم, than others hence why the opinion of Abu the, uh, Abu Hurairah had to return to the hadith of Aisha and the hadith of Umm Salama because they had more knowledge of that affair so this from this hadith the benefit is to go back as it relates to knowledge to the one who has more ability to get the full encompassing knowledge or issue pertaining to that affair pertaining to a specific affair now benefit number four that we can take from this hadith is the permissibility to be straight up as it relates to some sensitive affairs that you shouldn't be shy regarding and as in this affair here of waking up having sexual relations with one's family and that is for a maslaha and that is for a benefit not for lahu not for joking or amusement no this is from a benefit and that is to in order to uh, ascertain where that the ibadah of a siyam here the far the ruling uh, for the worship of fasting for this individual is whether it's valid or not if he wakes up here so if an individual wants to go and ask a question pertaining to certain sensitive uh, uh, maybe others may see lewd affairs Nam, it is it is permissible to do this for a maslaha to ask this uh, question explicitly to the scholar uh, because of the benefit of of gaining knowledge in this affair and acting upon basira and acting upon insight the final benefit that we can take from this hadith Benefit number five, and that is that the action of the Messenger is proof and evidence. The action of the Messenger, the af'al, the actions of the Messenger is a proof, and that is clear from the nas and the apparent text of this hadith of Aisha and Umm Salama. And that is the first hadith that we're going to do today, and that's the fifth hadith in this Kitab of Siyam. Now we move on to Al Hadith Sadis. Al Hadith Sadis. We move on to the sixth hadith in the Kitab of Siyam, in the chapter of fasting. And that hadith is an Abi Huarata radiyallahu anhu, an Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal, man nasiya wa huwa sa'imun. فَأَكَلَ أَوْ شَرِبَ فَلْيُتِمَّ صَوْمَهُ فَإِنَّمَا أَطْعَمُهُ اللَّهُ وَسَقَاهُ And Abi Huayrata radiyallahu anh 
the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said whoever forgets while he is fasting and then eats or drinks then let him complete his fast then let him complete his fast because verily Allah has fed him and Allah has given him drink Allah has fed him and Allah has given him drink so this here hadith of Abu Huerta is very important it's very important and the topic of this hadith point number one the topic of this hadith is and that is the ruling of the fast of the individual who eats or drinks accidentally or forgetfully the ruling of the fast of the individual who eats or drinks Nasiyah, he forgets that he is fasting. He forgets that he is fasting. This is the topic of this hadith, the mas'ala of this hadith, the issue of this hadith. Point number two. Point number two, barakallahu feekum, is that in this hadith, here, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentions akala aw shariba. He mentions eating and drinking. And this does not limit it to the individual who forgets to eat or drink. In fact, it includes all of those affairs that normally would break one's fast. If the individual, he forgets that he's fasting and falls into one of these mufatirat, these things that, not, that nullify one's fast accidentally, then his fast is valid and he continues and completes his fast. It's not just for food and drink. So why did the messenger, messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mention only eating food and drink? The reason being, as the ulama have mentioned such as from the shuruhat of this hadith, such as uh, Ibn Mulaqin and Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah ta'ala, and that is that eating and drinking are the most common things that occur in this issue. It's more commonly known that individuals drink forgetfully or eat accidentally forgetting that they are fasting. It's more likely that this will happen here. So this is just an example that is mentioned. But it's not limited to these two things, eating and drinking. It's not limited to these two things, eating or drinking. Point number three. Point number three, and that is that <clears throat> the, one who is, the one who has sexual relations with their family, forgetting it's the month of Ramadan, does this apply to them? Do they continue their fast. Is their fast valid? If they have sexual relation accidentally or forgetfully, forgetting it's Ramadan, maybe they're half asleep in the daytime, or maybe they're absent-minded and they forget that they are fasting and they have sexual relation with their family. Does this apply to Al-Jima'ah? Does it apply to sexual relation? The ulama differed into two opinions. The ulama differed into two opinions, and the strongest opinion we'll mention is the opinion of Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala and Abu Hanifa and uh, uh, Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah and that is that his fast is not invalid the individual has unintentionally has sexual relation with his family forgetting that it's the month of Ramadan their fast is still valid it falls onto this issue here how does it fall into this issue what, is, what are the proofs that the ulama bring in order to say that it includes uh, sexual relations? The first of those is another narration on Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'anhu. Uh, 
which is uh, in Hakim, and that is that the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Man aftara fi Ramadan nasiyan fala qada'a alayhi wala kafara." Man aftara, whoever breaks their fast, yani ala itlaq, yani. The Messenger said whoever breaks the fast, meaning from any affair that usually breaks the fast, whoever breaks their fast in the month of Ramadan accidentally, they don't have to make it up and they don't have an expiation to do. So here the Messenger said man aftara, whoever breaks. So that includes drinking and includes eating and includes medical uh, taking certain medicines that affect the stomach, that give uh, nutrition to the stomach, and that includes barakallahu uh, fikum having sexual relations. So this is the proof that Ibn Taymiyyah ta'ala and other than him, from the ulama before him, like Imam Shafi ta'ala and Abu Hanifa, they mentioned to show that the individual who has sexual relation forgetfully, unintentionally, forgetting it's Ramadan, that their fast is too valid. That their fast is too valid. And another reason that they bring is that taken from uh, this hadith of hadith in al-yawm and Abi Hurairah the one who forgets that he's fasting and then he eats and drinks they let him continue his fast eating and drinks is, is, has similarities to barakallahu uh, fikum to having jima'ah to having sexual relations and that is that by eating and drinking the individual leaves his desires so likewise by having jima'ah uh, leave not have by not eating sorry by not eating in the month of ramadan and not drinking in the month of ramadan the individual he leaves his desires so likewise the person who does not have sexual relations in the month of ramadan in a day's time he has also left his desires so they have the same ruling so they have the same ruling except that if we want to give more detailed uh, summary to the issue here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited uh, eating and drinking and has put, uh, prohibited taking things in the body that gives it strength during the month of Ramadan and likewise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited doing actions that reduces one's strength in the month of Ramadan. What gives us strength? Yani nutrition, like eating and drinking. And what makes one uh, lose energy and strength? Yani having sexual relations. So therefore Allah has uh, uh, these two, these three affairs, and that is eating and drinking and having sexual relations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited uh, the sa'im, the fasting individual to do these affairs. Therefore they are from the same chapter. So they're from the same chapter. So therefore the individual who forgets to do any of these three things whilst they are fasting, uh, their fast is still valid. Their fast is still valid. The next point we're going to mention is uh, some benefits from this hadith. Some benefits that we can take from this hadith. The benefit number one, and that is that the person who forgets eating, drinking, or doing any of the uh, things that usually breaks one fast, if they fall into any of these things while they're fasting forgetfully, their fast is valid. Their fast is valid. And that is that by 
the individual who falls into eating or drinking in the daytime of Ramadan, it doesn't make his fasting deficient. It doesn't make his fasting deficient. Why? Because the Messenger sallallahu alaihi then let him complete it. Yani meaning if he was to fast the race, rest of the day, then his fast is complete, not deficient. Then his fast is, com fast is complete, not deficient, even though he ate or drank forgetfully. Nisyanan. It doesn't make his fasting less than the person who didn't do it. Because the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, Fal yatim. Fal yatim. Then let him complete. Meaning that if he fasts up until Maghrib, then his fasting is complete like the, like the individual who didn't forget. Like the individual who didn't forget. Now. Al-Fa'ilatul-Thalitha. The third benefit that we can take from this hadith. Anna amal al-nasi la yunsab ilayhi shar'an. And that is the individual who falls into something that they forget. It's not attributed to him, according to the legislation. La yunsab ilayhi shar'an. La yunsab ilayhi shar'an. It's not attributed to him uh, in the legislation, in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why and how? Because the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, فَإِنَّمَا أَطْعَمُهُ اللَّهُ وَسَقَّاهُ because verily Allah gave him food and Allah gave him drink. So he forgot. So the Messenger وسلم, didn't attribute the action to the Sa'im, to the fasting individual, but rather Allah fed him and Allah gave him drink. So therefore the one who forgets, uh, he's not to be taken account for that which he forgets and it's not attributed to him now. Because it occurred and it happened uh, due to other than the guy individual's intent. Other than the individual's intent now. Benefit number four, ta'ala nas. And this hadith clearly shows the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Allah forgives the individual that forgets. That Allah forgives the individual that forgets. And Allah allows him to complete his siyam, his fasting. And also, from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he gave him food and drink during the day of Ramadan. Huh? And his fasting is still complete. Huh? The individual forgot, he didn't know. Allah gave him food and Allah gave him drink. This shows the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And inshallah, we move on to the third hadith yeah Ahmed do we have time for the third hadith Al Hadith al Sabir Al Hadith al Sabir The seventh hadith the seventh hadith in this uh, Kitab al-Siyam in Umrut al-Ahkam is an Abi Hurayta radiyallahu ta'anhu again an Abi Hurayta radiyallahu ta'anhu qala baynama nahnu julusun inda nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama ith jaahu rajulun faqala ya rasulallah halakt faqala malak qala waqa'tu ala mra'ati wa ana sa'imun wa fi riwayatin asbah asabtu ahli fi ramadhan faqala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam hal tajidu raqabatan tu'tiqaha قال لا قال فهل تستطيع أن تسوم شهرين متتابعين 
قال لا قال فهل تجد إطعام ستين مسكينا قال لا قال فسكت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فبينما نحن على ذلك إذ أوتي النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بعرق فيه تمر والعرق المكتل قال أين السائل قال أنا قال خذ هذا فتصدق به فقال أعلى, أعلى أفقر مني يا رسول الله فوالله ما بين لابتيها يريد الحرتين أهل بيت أفقر من أهل, من أهل بيتي فضحك النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حتى بدت أنيابه ثم قال أطعم أهلك In this hadith of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Abu Hurta radiallahu an he said whilst we were sitting with the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yani sitting with the Messenger seeking ilm and enjoying his companionship sallallahu alayhi wa sallam seeking knowledge and enjoying being in the presence of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bainama nahnu julusun in the Nabi we were sitting amongst the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, when surprisingly uh, a man came when surprisingly a man came a man came and this man his name is Salma ibn Dakhr al-Bayadi this man is mentioned in the Kutub al-Mubhamat is Salama ibn Dakhr al-Bayadi Salama ibn Dakhr al-Bayadi in this narration he doesn't mention his name but in the books of hadith that is clarified using the collaboration of different riwayat is is uh, ascertained that the individual's name was Salama. So is Ja'a Rajul. So the Rajul his name was Salama. So Salama ibn Sakhar al Bayadi he said, O oh, oh, Ya Rasulullah, O oh, Messenger of Allah, I'm ruined. Halakt, I'm ruined. Then the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, What happened? What's wrong? Why so? And he said, I had sexual relations with my wife whilst I was fasting. And then the Messenger وسلم, in response, he said, do you, do you, do you, Can you find a slave that you can free? And then Salama, he said, No. Then the Messenger وسلم, said, Can you fast two months consecutively? And then Salama, radiyallahu anhu, he said, La, I can't. Then the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فَهَدْ تَجِدُوا إِطْعَامَ سِتِينَ مِسْكِينَ Can you find 64 poor people to feed? And then Salama radiyallahu ta'ala anhu He said no. And then Abu Huayrata radiyallahu ta'ala anhu He said that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Masakat He kept remained quiet and silent And the Nabi The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Remained silent. And as They were still together the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He came with a container of dates And this container Ikhwah If you can write in your notes This container is considered In our, in our measurement 2.6 kilos So this container of dates Was about 2.6 kilo Yani 15 sa'a 6 2.6 rather 2.6 kilos of dates the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he brought and he said where ain't a sail where is the person that was asking a question and salama he said me it is i then the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam said khud hada take this container of dates for tasaddaq bihi take this container of dates and give it in charity 
And he said, Salama, is there anyone more poor, poor, poorer than me? Is there anyone poorer than me, Rasulullah? By Allah, in the east to the west of Medina, Labiteha, there isn't a family that is poorer than my family. So the Messenger وسلم, smiled and chuckled and until his, his, his teeth were seen. And he had a big smile وسلم, until his, uh, his teeth and he, his uh, molar inside upper part of his teeth and lower part of his teeth was, was visible. And then he said At'imhu ahlek Feed your family with that. Feed your family any with that 2.6 kilo of dates. I've mentioned a detailed summary of uh, this hadith because of time. Because of time. So we go straight away to uh, the point number one. And that is the title of this hadith. Or the topic and issue, the mas'ala, wahiya. Hukmu jama'i sa'imi fi nahari ramadan. Hukmu jama'i sa'imi fi nahari ramadan. And that is the ruling <coughs> of the person who is fa the fast of the individual who has sexual relations uh, in the daytime of Ramadan. In the daytime of Ramadan. That's point number one. That's point number one. Point number two, we're going to mention, Barakallahu Fikum, some benefits and number these benefits that we take from this hadith because of time and within it inshallah we'll mention some uh, rulings as well that can be extrapolated from this hadith from the works of the ulama Naam. benefit number one al-fa'idatul ula idham al-ithmi fi jima'i sa'imi fi nihari ramadan yani the magnitude and severity of the sin of the individual who has sexual relations in the in the daytime of Ramadan, in the daytime of Ramadan, it is a severe sin. And how do we know? And that is that in this hadith, Salama, radiyallahu anhu, he said, "Halakt, I'm ruined, I'm destroyed." He said, "I'm destroyed, I'm ruined." And the Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, didn't tell him he wasn't ruined. He didn't tell him that this action, rather, I take, I repeat, I reword what I say. And that is that he didn't say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that this action does not ruin. That this action does not ruin. Not that Salama is ruined. La. Radiyallahu ta'anu sahabi. La. The Messenger, the point here is that the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he did not correct Salama when he said that due to that action, it's an action that ruins, which shows the severity of having jima'ah in the Nahar of Ramadan in the daytimes of Ramadan it's a severe sin because the messenger وسلم, did not negate that this action can ruin that this action ruins that this action ruins point number two point number two and that is that in this uh, uh, hadith the jima'ah was muta'amid that the sexual relation was done intentionally it was done intentionally Otherwise, it will fall unto, under the previous hadith, which is the fifth hadith that we mentioned, uh, and that is, oh sorry, the sixth hadith, and that is the one man uh, akala, the individual manasiya wa huwa sa'im, fa akala al sharib, but the one who forgets 
that he's fasting, then he drinks and he eats. If this jama'ah was done forgetful, forgetfully, then it will come under that hadith. And he's excused. La, it is not. It wasn't done forgetfully. He has to make a penalty and have a penalty for having sexual relations with his family in the month of Ramadan, in the daytimes of Ramadan. So that point number two is that it was intentional in this hadith. It was intentional in this hadith. Point number three, and that is that there is a penalty. And there is a severe penalty for the individual who falls into this. And this penalty is ala tartib. And this penalty is in order of ability. Is in order of ability. The first point of, uh, or the first thing that the individual has to ascertain whether he can do or not is to free a slave. Itqaraqaba. And this is mentioned clearly in the hadith. The second, if he's not able to free a slave and he cannot find a slave to free, then he fasts two months consecutively. He fasts two months consecutively. And that is if he cannot find a slave to free. And if he does not have the ability to do this, as is mentioned in, uh, in other narrations that the Sahabi says, if I could not do this in one month, how can I do it in two? Because of his family. And it's mentioned in, a, in, a, in another narration as well, that he's, he, he was so endearing to his family and uh, attracted to his family that it was a trial for him. That it was a trial for him in that reason he had sexual relations with his family uh, in the daytime. So if the individual if, if he cannot find a, a, a slave to free then he fasts two months consecutively and if he cannot fast two months consecutively then he should feed 60, six, uh, nah, 60 slaves oh sorry 60 poor people he should, he should uh, break the fast and feed sorry he should feed 60 nam poor people and this uh, brings us to point number four so basically barakallahu uh, feekum point number three rather or is that the penalty has to be done in that order freeing a slave fasting if he cannot do the, that or this one then he should feed uh, 60 poor people and the next point we're going to mention point number four or five I've lost count and that is that the kafara that the penalty let us quote will ajas anha in qadira alayha qariban and and that is that the ability to barakalafikum fulfill that this penalty is is not lifted from the individual just because he's unable to do it if he has someone close to him that can do it for him and that is that the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he did it for salama and he brought the uh, the container of 2.6 or so kilos of dates to uh, for Salama to give in charity. So if there is a family member that has the ability, that has wealth, that can feed Barakallahu Fikum uh, 60 poor people, then it is upon uh, the individual to get that from his family. Now, the next benefit that we can take from this, it shows uh, the kindness of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The kindness of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his good character in the way he deals with his Sahaba and the way he dealt with Salama radiyallahu ta'anhu 
uh, in his affair and the kindness and gentleness is uh, an example that we all must follow in our character. The next benefit that we can take from this is the health of the Sahaba, the enthusiasm of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, radiyallahu anhu sahabihi ajma'in. The enthusiasm in seeking ilm and having mujalasa and visiting the messenger and, and sitting with the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and being in his presence, seeking knowledge, learning from him sallallahu alaihi wasallam, liyaktasubu minhu ilma to obtain knowledge wa akhlaqa and to learn his manners and to enjoy his company sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Shows the love that the Sahaba they have. He shows the love of the Sahaba that they had for the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Bainama nahnu julusun. In the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, we were sitting close to the Messenger. We were sitting with the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This was the day dana, and this was the common practice of the Sahaba to sit with the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and get knowledge from him. Naam sallallahu alaihi alihi wasallam. And the next benefit that we can take uh, from uh, this hadith is the simplicity of the deen of al-Islam and the ease that the deen of Islam has for mankind in that if the individual does not have the ability to do, uh, to do A then to do Aleph then they can do Ba and if they don't have the ability to do Ba then they can do Jin and this shows the, uh, the, 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 the ease in which the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is built on the ease in which the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is built on and with this Barakallahu Feekum we uh, leave uh, uh, we, we finalize the, today's lesson with this hadith of Abu Ghurtu and with it is benefits uh, that more than which we have uh, mentioned uh, now but the most important benefit it shows that it is impermissible uh, uh, to fast uh, to, to, uh, to have jima'ah and sexual relations in the day of Ramadan and the individual who falls into this has a choice of three th- uh, uh, as the, uh, three things that he can do. The first, if he's able to do, is to free a slave. The second, if he cannot free a slave, then he should fast two consecutive months. And if he's unable to fast two consecutive months, then he should feed 60 people. And if he's not able to feed 60 people, then a family member or someone close to him can feed and give him the food that's the, the, the charity to give on their behalf, on their behalf. And with this, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq in that which remains in this month of Ramadan to increase us in taqwa and to increase us in sidq and to, to give us ikhlas and to increase us in tamasub sunnah and to make us be from those who benefit from this month, leaving this month better than we entered. Ameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak. على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين